Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the that's not exactly true. This is actually Ghost Chronicles International. The opening lies at lies. I am Rod Kulik, your host. And yes, I am still alive despite all those rumors going around. You have not got rid of me yet. Anyways, I am here in beautiful, sunny downtown Drake, except we have no downtown. And with me all the way from across the pond is the most amazing gold standard in something on the ghost hunting uh the steve parsons yeah i'm back across the pond now thank god <laughs> thanks make me feel welcome why don't yeah, you yeah 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 you know it was it was a blast while it was happening so there you go yeah done so, that now move on you had a safe trip on the way back did went quite well there you went go. very well uh, it was nice and relaxing um just sitting and doing uh might have done no i did Yes, I did. I got lucky. No, very, no. very, very, very lucky. Mm. Uh, and um, we were 10 minutes early arriving. No way! Although we were 40 minutes late departing, we went very fast. Uh, we, had to, we had to get back because we had a hurricane. You guys didn't do anything to get away from Trump, I know. Yeah, it was all downhill. But we had to, we had to make haste because uh, we had a hurricane due. And we yeah. Had to, yeah, we just had a hurricane yesterday, a proper yeah, one, yeah, yeah. A, a, pro- a proper, a proper legitimate one. That's just a little windy blow. What, four hours of 70-plus winds? That's nothing. Well, it isn't here. I mean, it's a, it's a breezy day, but apparently it was called a hurricane, Hurricane Ophelia. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We don't get excited about that little stuff. Because you don't get hurricanes. You don't get hurricanes in New yep, England. all the time. We don't worry about it. Yeah, look what happened to Puerto Rico. Well, it's not like it's a real country or anything, you know. Oh, fair enough. Anyway, are you feeling better? Can't you tell? I'm just uh, on the I, top I, of my game. Yeah, so all that, all that healing energy that I didn't send you didn't work. Yes, all that healing energy that everybody sent me. And I'm so grateful for that, too, because... Anytime you post anything on Facebook, people will send you healing energy and white light, and you know. Yeah, maybe, go for- maybe I just want to die. You know, just leave me alone. You should start a GoFundMe page. Everybody I else should, seems to right. do. That's what I need. Everybody, everybody, you know, first first sniff of the cold or having bits of your body sawn off, and you start getting a GoFundMe page. Oh yeah. What yeah. is the world coming to? I don't know. We've become a country of beggars. It seems like it. Doesn't it really? It seriously does. You know, I I, I, I really don't understand this country. It's gone down. So. It's not very it's not very seemly though, is it, to go, you know, cap in hand onto onto social media and saying, You don't know me, but give me money. Give me money. Give me money. I, I my my life is so bad at the moment, I need you to give me money. There's it's loads of them, it, right? There's there's loads of them on there now. You know any any time somebody Damn millenniums, that's what it is. Yeah. 
There was even a ghost hunting group um, started up their own GoFundMe because they had no equipment. Oh, that's nice. Did you give them a, a bed stick and a and a, a, a bob on a, on a on a piece of string? And then you say, "Here you go. You can go back to basics, ghost hunting." I sent I sent I sent them um, a dollar bill and an EDI meter. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, not I have not if you want to value your life. So yeah. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Steve Parsons stole one of my EDI meters. Yeah. Um, I, I, after I took inventory after he left, I noticed one of them was missing that he had signed out for, and lo and behold, it just, in, it, just, it, just it just slipped into the baggage. Yeah, that's what I think happened. You know, I just left it in the pocket from the ghost hunt, and it, it must just, have just just like my proper ghost hunting equipment. That's what yeah. it is. It just, you know, must have just slipped into my pocket when we were at the yeah, lighthouse. That was years ago. It was the, the Ghost Meter Pro, and now, uh, you know, my EDI meter. All my top-notch equipment is being... Just yeah. think about it. Just think I'm doing you a favor by getting rid of it. <laughs> just like a, a free waste disposal service, garbage oh, service, paranormal I, equipment. I troll the internet for pieces of, I mean, uh, good pieces of uh, ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> I was just scrolling through the photos, actually, that I'd taken. I finally got around to getting them off the camera. Oh, really? That's so nice Lot, of you. Lots yeah. and lots of memories. Takes lots of pictures and never shows me anything. Uh, uh, I, I sent you the picture I took of you and Jan, St. Jan. Where? Oh, yeah. Open your Facebook messages and scroll back a few. Just post it on my page. Don't make me go through a lot of work for nothing. Well, by sending it as a message, I can send it high resolution so you get a better quality image that you can then... Because it was yeah. such a nice... Just a nice picture of you and Janet Newbury. I have just so many pictures of me that it's, you know, so happy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, anyways, you so did we're back. All yep. back, back to normal. Yeah, you did have a good trip here. You, 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 uh, Spirit Quest, of course, you worked your ass off on it, and I give you really credit for it. For those uh, who don't know, and, and you don't know because I didn't put up all care on the page. <laughs> A funding page on uh, Facebook is that I have been ill for a few months, and uh, Steve took over the role and he he banished me to my office a lot of the times during spirit quests and, and took command and there you go. Yeah, so, I, didn't I didn't break anything. <laughs> that that I know of, I'm still looking. I'm expecting this. <laughs> it was good. I mean, spirit quest. What is it? It's number six, but my f number five. So. Uh... Well, that was just that was just the one. That was the beta, the beta test. Ah, because uh, I mean, we had some great events this year. The um, it's always nice to see Steve and Rich, the great Viano, mm -hmm. um, and Steve with his haunted Connecticut spooky stories. Uh, wasn't that really good? That was good. I mean, he even managed to convince the, several of the audience that they were they had paranormal powers. They did, and and the interesting thing about it is, and I give Steve and myself a lot of credit because. We cut our talks down just so that we could give him extra time in our busy schedule to, to get it was, that forward. It was absolutely well worth it, though. It was. I, I you know, I, I really did. Uh, that I did my do it. I did the uh, Hellhounds, and I, I cut that down very quickly. And, and you did uh, Flashwater Jack or something, and uh, you cut that down as well, too. You mean Spring Hill Jack? Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, I did. But it was it was it was it was well worth it because uh, for those that don't quite know, Carol King song. Steve, uh, pardon? Was it a Carol King song? Uh, no idea. 
Steve is a mentalist and a, um, a magician who bases some of his act on some of his some of his performance is based upon spiritualism, and draws a lot from uh, what the spiritualists mm-hmm. used and did during their own performances. And I emphasise the word performances. And um, so. he, he told a story. He told a story about uh, growing up in Connecticut and how um, his grandmother had convinced him that he was haunted and how um, he was um, uh, had paranormal powers and that she would test him by uh, conducting or getting him to develop his powers using uh, different experiments and different techniques which he then tried out on the audience and much to the amazement the astonishment of some of the participants in the audience, they too discovered that they did indeed have paranormal powers. So that was quite kind of spooky. Yes, it was. And um, actually, it was an excellent hour and a half um, of his performance magic. And that was very good. And takes nothing away from the Friday night's performance by Rich um, and Madame Electra, the great Viano, Dr. Viano. And <clears throat> Madame Electra and <clears throat> an astonishing medium called <clears throat> Derek Scott, <clears throat> who looked across between Widow Twanky and uh, Twanky. What the hell's a Widow Twanky? Uh, the British listeners will know who Widow Twanky is. Oh, okay. She's a pantomime dame. Oh. Um, and who, who, unfortunately, Derek got exposed by. Houdini. Hey, hey, I didn't know. I mean, I, I thought underwear was optional. It's not my fault. <laughs> but what, what, what Rich was doing was actually going through um, Rich is um, would it be fair to say he is a student of Houdini and has been for many, many years. There's got to be a better word from that. For that. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah but, but he's recreated many of Houdini's um, Performances and in oh, fact, has, um, on and on the Friday night, put together an entire Houdini stage show um, based upon Houdini's own stage show, where he would open with. Um, yeah, do the spirits exist? Yeah, and show. And uh, ended up by exposing the medium, right. who was an astonishing character by the name of De- uh, Derek Scott. Yeah, he fooled me. I'll tell you that much. He, I did, it was the real he, he didn't fool Harry, Harry um, for, for one moment, though, did he? Uh, oh, I don't know. He still didn't tell me why he thought he was fake, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, it was very scary. It was very scary, the whole yeah. thing. You, sir, are a fake. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why he said that to him, because I, I thought it was the real deal. I was watching from off stage. Well, obviously, obviously it was Derek amazing. Was. Obviously, Derek was because he threw up his hands and said, "It's a fair cop." I don't remember that part. <laughs> you don't? You haven't no, seen the doc- I, you haven't I, seen the edited video. I, I think he said something about you know it's it's the uh, voiceover ending. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a fun, definitely fun. And of course, I, I, great Van Helsing, be dazzled, be dazzled. I say, be dazzled. The audience with my ESP experiment uh, actually yes you, you and I've got to say in your in your credit I've got to say that you created that experiment entirely from scratch 
exactly. uh, this this wasn't something that you had just read from a book either. No, no. I think, well, in all fairness, I was, you know, I had a little help with uh, Derek Scott yeah. told me. I, 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 I think maybe the spirits were on your side when you did that. Derek, Derek Scott helped me a little bit. Or as, we would say, or as we would say over here, you pulled that out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I heard that, trust me. Uh, anyway, so it really was a fun event, and uh, as, as always. And, it it, it, it is always a fun event. Uh, and, you know, to say you, you get to see, uh, you know, I get to meet you. Uh, Old friends. And oh, lots, new friends. Lots of old friends. Yep. Yeah, and, and get to meet some cool new friends as well each year. And uh, it's always nice to, to you know, get other people's perspectives, other people's ideas. And it, it was, it was you know, interesting to watch because one of the things that we did do together uh, a week ago today was uh, I was fortunate enough to attend. The, uh, it's been going nearly three years now, I understand, your red light seance. Um, oh, yes, that's right. I've, I've, I've attended... I attended in previous years as well, but it was nice to see how it had developed uh, since last time I, I, I visited a year ago. Um, and you've been running this for, for did, did we work out it was two and three quarter years now? Yeah, it was over, two, well, yeah, two and three quarters, right? Well, let's see, October, so we still, yeah, just about that, uh, maybe a little bit better, but let's say two, two and three quarter for sake of argument, that's fine. I mean, what sort of results are you getting now after such a protracted time with a broadly similar? Because you're using the same core core people, aren't you, over and over? Yeah, same core people, and it, it's intriguing. Uh, the it's hard to explain, but we do have it seem like we do get the regular some regular characters that uh, come through, which is intriguing. I mean, we've had everything. The most interesting one in which I still have to work on is the schematic we got from uh, somebody, uh, some spirit scientist, which was intriguing. So he gave us a schematic. Uh, but the problem is that I think I've got the schematic down, but I don't have the value of some of the components. And that can be a little sticky. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but this, it's intriguing. And well, the, uh, the fact that it's a schematic, is there any idea of what what the schematic was supposed it, to be it for? It appears it appears to be some type of uh, a radio or something like that. It's it has an antenna, so um, it's got the symbol for the antenna. So I, and it has a ground on it. I saw that. So I'm not sure. It, it appears to be some type of either a receiver. Or a radio, or it's, it's difficult to say really until we, we actually try to make the stupid thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, historically speaking, there have been many there have been many groups um, who've been looking at EVP, Raudiva, and beyond, uh, who you know right the way back I think to the 1930s were making claims that the spirit world had tried to pass them schematics and plans to help them de uh, build devices. To contact and communicate with the spirit world, George Meek, of course, with the spirit, um, sp spiriscope, spiricon, spiricon. spiricon. Um, <clears throat> no, I thought that simple. was Edison's invention. Uh, no, I think Meek Meek um, built the spiricon, but again, um, using instructions, help, plans, and advice from the spirit realm. So there is a common thread. Uh, we had the Cal and I had Cal Cooper and I. 
Dr. Kel Cooper and I, um, upcoming guest, uh, we, we had um, a device called the Scammel device uh, two or three years ago now, a bit longer than that, which uh, was built in the 1940s by a British researcher called, a spiritualist called Ernest Scammel. Uh, do you have video of that? We we do have video of that. Yeah, you. In fact, I've shown video of that. I think mm -hmm. at Spirit Quest before last. Yeah. Um, it's it's now gone back to the Society for Psychical Research um, for for them to maintain and keep, with a big label on it saying "Do not ever use again" because it was lethally dangerous once it was hooked up to um, real power. Uh, power because the way it had been designed was that part of the casing and cabinet became live when it was uh, plugged in. Ah, uh, who found that out, Cal? Me. me. Oh. Uh, I received several electric shocks from, from the device. But, uh, Maybe that was I'll, a signal from above. Well, fine. you know, Scammel, Scammel in the letter claimed that um, he had been given the plans um, and assistance for the device by, by the spirit realm. Um, and what Cal and I were trying to do, and I'm guessing that you know you've got the same challenge ahead of you, is figure out what this device was actually. How how were they going to use it? We 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 were lucky. We actually had a built device, not just a plan. Um, but we had to try and um, figure out how it would be used within you know within the context of the seance. Um, within the context of spirit communication, because it wasn't a conventional radio. Um, it didn't. It didn't seem to receive normal radio waves. Um, it didn't, it, for example, produce speech like you would with an EVP radio, like an SB7 or something. And right. um, and we 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 studied it for for quite a, a period of time, um, jointly and separately. And we we came to a conclusion that that it was some sort of it it emitted a series of tones uh, like musical tones and. Uh -huh. Uh, and Cal came up with this suggestion that possibly these would induce um, a different state of consciousness within um, people. It was uh, a synthesizer. And there were occasions when it was turned on that, um, you know, it did the sounds after a while, like, you know, like listening to sleep. No, but they did have odd effects that they, you know, they, they, they didn't induce nausea, but you could feel that they were, they were having a sort of physiological effect on you. Um, so, you know, be, could it be infrasound? Uh, it was definitely not infrasound. This was, yeah. this was actually quite high frequency sound. Uh -huh, it uh -huh. sounded like electronic feedback. Did you in test for infrasound? Um, I didn't need to. Well, how do you know it wasn't carrying the full spectrum of sound? And you only um, heard the higher sector where all along the other sound dead, could have been dead, dead easy. underneath dead, it. Dead easy. It had a four-inch speaker. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it was never going to be making any... Uh, was any there, would the speaker come with it, or did you...? The speaker was built in. Um, oh, okay, cool. It, it, was, all, it was all sort of self-contained. Was it a paper it, speaker? A paper cone speaker. Yeah. Um, it, it was sort of built in to uh -huh. this wooden, wooden box, and then there was there was bits of radio circuitry that we could recognise. There was no obvious antenna, uh -huh. um, but there were sort of things that turned and altered the sound, and we we made an educated guess as to what we thought it it, it would, was doing and how it, how it may have been used. But of course, that's all we could ever do because the the 
man that built it, Ernest Gamble, has, has since passed, and his well, family. Why don't you, you get Derek Scott to contact yeah, Well, him we should have done really. Yeah, in I fact, I, I think we actually put that in the article uh, that we, we wrote for the SPR. Um, ultimately, the only way we would know would be if, Derek, if uh, Ernest would come back and enlighten us as to, um, you know, he got the original instructions, uh, he said, through the spirit realm. If only he could get the spirit realm to come back and give us them, you know, one, one more but time. Is, aren't there a whole purpose of reports from, from scientists, especially in the EVP and ITC stuff, where where scientists have passed and come back and, and told them stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. More, So it's more, not out more, of the question. Well, more so than that, I mean, the most famous is the... Um, there was a, a series of experiments that were conducted in the early 20th century called the cross-correspondence, which is actually so impenetrable that, you know, that not many psychical researchers, myself included, un fully understand and comprehend what, we, what was taking place. But it, broadly speaking, um, a group of the early SPR pioneers and founders had devised a series of complicated codes and messages which, upon their death, would be passed uh, through different mediums around the world in bits um, and then reassembled. And apparently this was this was done with some success. Really? And a, num a number of authors have written on it saying that, you know, these messages were received correctly and that they made perfect sense in terms of what uh, you know, the plan was oh, and what they were supposed to do. Um, and a number of books... Um, have been have been written on the cross correspondence. Um, it is an in, incredibly because it was such a, an incredibly um, complicated methodology that they'd come up with this code that they'd come up with this series of messages mm -hmm. that even to this day not very many people uh, truly understand um, what transpired. Out. However, you know uh, people like Professor Sir Archie Roy. Uh, who was an eminent uh, psychical researcher and leading astrophysicist of, of his day, um, fit, uh, wrote, wrote uh, a book on the subject and concluded that, uh, as far as he was concerned, the cross-correspondence had definitively you know, demonstrated that um, life or, or some, some aspect of our humanity survived death and these messages were, in fact, being correctly well, passed back. That's a big jump. So the, the, the problem with the cross-correspondence is, is simply the complexity of it, which gives it a degree of, um, uh, um, of what's the word I need here? I don't know. Credibility, perhaps? That works. Uh, but makes it virtually, as I say, impenetrable for the average or even the you know, above-average layman to, mm -hmm. to grasp the full, the full depth and breadth of, of what transpired. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this involved mediums in America, uh, automatic writing mediums in the UK, and the messages were being sent, uh, the, the little bits of the messages were being sent and collated by the SPR, by, by uh, researchers in the SPR, and then put together. Um, as I say, incredibly complicated. I've I've read several books on it, and I still can't fully grasp um, what Are these published anywhere? So oh, gosh, yeah. Um, there is, there are several. I mean, if you, if you Google, um, Google search the cross, C-R-O-S-S-S, -S, cross correspondence, as mm -hmm. in correspondence, as in letters, 
Um, there are several sort of websites and there are several links that will take you to uh, some of the books, like The Eager Dead is one by Sir Archie Roy. Um, I call him Sir Archie Roy. Professor okay. Archie Roy. Okay. Um, and Archie wrote, I mean, The Eager Dead was published in, oh my word, when was it published? Uh, it's I Study in Haunting, it was published in 2008. And and it is, it, it is massive, uh, the book itself. And um, so I'm flipping through it and it's, it's just, it's not bedtime reading, let's put it that way. Oh, there you go. You know, there's, there's about um, 550 pages. Hmm. Um, which deal with the the subject in in detail, um, and involved that one of the mediums involved was actually the sister, I believe, of the, the British Prime Minister um, Balfour. Hmm. Um, he was a member of the SPR, and his sister was an automatic writer. Oh, that's intriguing. So, um, so there has been, you know, there are precedents, um, you know, and within EVP, of course, there are many. I mentioned before George Meek and others who mm-hmm. claim that their uh, um, equipment and other things were designed by the spirit realm or assisted. The design was assisted by the spirit realm or plans were p- provided by the spirit realm. So uh, they're they're apparently as keen on thinning the veil as we are on this side. Uh... Yeah, there's always been. I, I know that uh, the uh, the old AAEVP uh, used to say that they believed they had a circle of uh, dead scientists on the other side mm-hmm. actually doing the same thing, trying to contact us. Yes, uh, Sir Restep, as you as you so, so rightly say, with the, the American Association for Electronic Voice Phenomena, one of many um, around the world that have studied the the subject in depth and have concluded that there is something you know worth studying, um, as as opposed to EVP, which is conducted in the modern sense in haunted houses using digital beaters and broken radios. Um, uh, EVP radio. EVP research has been going on for. Many decades now. Nothing that broken radios can't do. Just saying. Just saying. Fair enough. But I mean, there is, there is, you know, there are two separate camps. There is the modern EVP, which involves a broken radio or a digital recorder uh, in a haunted house, or there is the the lab-based work of the AAEVP and other organisations here in Europe. Um, Do you think we should have more, uh, more of that type of research, the the uh, lab-based research? Uh, certainly with EVP, yes, um, and and certainly there does seem to be um, a line worth pursuing there. Um, but our ad break is looming. Yeah, it is, but still got two seconds or whatever. Alright, uh, yeah, I find whatever. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International. We um, assume. Live, Steve Parson and the very live Ben Helsink, right here on Turgenet, Pararex, and the Spiritcon, and whatever the hell else. Welcome to Turgenet, radio with a cutting edge. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. International, hosted you, by hosted by New England's very own Van Helsing. Thank you for welcoming back. And me, uh, the bald bombshell over here in westest, windiest, yeah. wettest Wales. Welcoming back, yes, thank you. That's so sweet. Because he's been poorly, and we've got to start crowdfunding to make Ron better. Crowdfund me, right? Crowdfund me. I need uh, more hair. I've got to get a hair transplant. Is that covered for that, or I'm not sure? Can I do that? Covered for anything? Uh, You can go fund me for anything. Apparently, there you go. It doesn't take much. Oh well, it's going to take a lot. Give me money. Give me money. I'm missing a lot of hair, so it may take a lot of money. You know. Give me money. Anyway, back on the back on the more serious note. Yeah. What were we? What what were we? Was there a serious note? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. I believe there might have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about, um, actually, it was a really good subject, and and I was enthralled by your knowledge once again, because whenever I meet Steve, I just sit there and am in awe of his knowledge, and I just say, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. I just say that over and over again, and, yeah, of course, he reminds me as well. So, yeah, that's how it all works. And he said, give me stuff to take home or else... I'm not coming back, so every year I give him crap to take home, and there you go. There we are, then. Yep, so there you go. So anyways, uh, we were talking about uh, various devices to communicate with the spirit world and how some of them came about, uh, your work on the schismophone or whatever the hell it is, and, and, the, and 
the uh, amazing, uh, you know, uh, oh, I meant to tell you, we, we were talking about the schematic they came to on uh, yes, right. the seance. Uh, one thing I did notice is that the antenna had something else to it as well. It was adjusted. There was like a, an adder or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but uh, that's intriguing because, you know, an antenna means you, you've, you've got to, uh, it's used to capture uh, waves. Is that correct? Am I saying that right? Yes, it resonates in time with the passing electromagnetic waves. You're right. So I don't know what this this add-on piece is, but uh, it was intriguing. And I meant to ask you about that when, when you were here, but then again, I forget, as usual. As, as most of our plans go right down it. Send me the schematic. How could I do that? Take a photograph of it. Oh, a photograph. Hmm, that might just work. Intriguing. No, because then you'll make the damn thing and claim, no, I won't. claim I'll, I'll it as parasciences, para and once again, I'll get screwed. I won't, but I will be able to tell you what the thing on the, if it's a, if it's a reasonable electrical symbol, then I'll be able to tell you what the thing on the antenna is. Maybe I'll give you just a piece of it so you can only tell <sighs> Hey, did I, 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 one of the, the funniest stories is, for those who don't know, I owned a manufacturing company for many, many, many years. And uh, we used to manufacture all different products. So one day we had this, these two gentlemen who came in, and they were working on this very, very hush-hush project. And we were given one piece of this device to make. So it, it was, a, you know, we, we, we had to develop it. You know, they told us basically what they wanted to do and, and gave us a few parameters. And we finally built this piece for this cigarette thing that, was being shopped out to various other manufacturers. Was it the U2 spy plane? I don't know. I don't really don't know what it was. But we made this thing, and before I could find out anymore, the freaking well, So I have no clue what this piece was that I made. All our work and research, we had to it. We have this piece did something. It was part of a much greater thing, but we never know to this day what that piece was. Although I could get the great. Derek Scott to communicate with this guy, if I can remember his name, and, and you can tell me. You probably find were you um, reverse reverse engineering a UFO? I could be. You know, I never thought of it that way. Uh, yeah, I never thought of it that way, Steve. Maybe that's what I was working on. Although interestingly, I mentioned the U two U two spy plane because parts of the U two and the later Blackbird spy planes were made in a similar way um, with small manufacturing, uh, aerospace manufacturing companies around the USA doing their piece in complete isolation. And that was carried over also to the factory as well, uh, the Lockheed factory, where um, one department would work on some part of the, the uh, project in complete ignorance of what was happening uh, in other parts of the factory. And they were that, that ignorance was maintained up until... Well, until some of the people retired, um, and then they realised what they'd been working on. So, uh, it's a good way to keep a secret. Yeah. You know, to your death. mushrooms. As well. well, I don't know because every week, uh, you know, there is there is uh, a new revelation, isn't there? Um, straying off the ghost slightly. Uh, there are new revelations about uh, the American involvement with uh, alien technology and how it's... Uh, the History Channel? 
uh, not quite the History Channel, but uh, yeah, more like the YouTube, no, more like the YouTube you channel. Well, Steve, you don't know the History Channel. The History Channel used to be a, a great channel when it first came out. Now, it did. You're absolutely now, right. It now did. it's all full of pawn shops and uh, alien conspiracies, and uh, it's gone down the tubes. And... Yeah. But every week they, they trot out yet another uh, Area 51 guard or another Area 51 research scientist. Yeah. Who is, who is, they're inevitably on the deathbed. Of course they are. And um, then it's like, I want to tell the truth before I die. Yeah. I worked on the saucer. I knocked up an alien. Yeah. And then, um, then there's, you know. Uh, anyway. Not much, not much follow-up, really, is there? You know, these great revelations. Although one, one apparently, one of these sort of crazy ideas is slightly coming true. This, um, really, this this idea of you know how uh, people have been talking for the longest time uh, about Nibiru, 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 whatever they want to call it. This uh, planet, this extra planet that's supposed to be in our solar system this secret planet that we can't see because it's always on the opposite side of the sun. And various doomsday scenarios have come forward where it crashes into Earth or pulls us out yeah. of orbit, or, and it's the end of days. Well, NASA have actually said that mathematically, there, is a, there does look very planet. likely a ninth planet. About, about oh, whoa, 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 whoa. A ninth planet or an eighth planet? Uh, well, Pluto got deplanetized. Yeah, yeah, would be a ninth. But they said that um, mathematically, this thing should be about six times the mass of Earth. So yeah. it's a big boy, wherever it is. But I think that one way it, it may be is uh, orbiting at right angles to the to the plane of the other orbits. I believe so I believe that they discovered, discovered that by looking at a uh, I believe a, a, a another star, and the the light waves were bent from the gravity pull of this planet. And that's how they could tell it was there. Yeah, they haven't found it yet, and the hunt is on, and there are different uh, astronomers around the world looking. But well, mathematics. Yeah, well, not only math, it's gone beyond mathematics because they actually, like I said, they were able to determine that there was. Um, yeah, but they haven't imaged it yet. No, they have not imaged it. Right. No, but they 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 strongly suspect it's out there. Yeah. Um, there are there are a number of astronomers, obviously, who have poo-pooed the idea, and they've come up with this alternate theory that what you're dealing with is um, this dark matter, um, you know, this this matter, the mass that we we haven't also been able to image or measure or determine. But NASA have come out on you know and said publicly that um, they are hunting for an additional planet now yeah. in our own solar system. So I mean that's quite a quite a thing to hide, really, isn't it? You know, we're in the we're in the early yeah, part of the twenty first. So, it's so far out that it, it would have to be an entirely different form of life. From yeah, but I mean, you know, we're in the twenty first century. We've discovered how many exoplanets in other solar systems, and we then we found there's one, one being skulking around in our own backyard. Still no absolute proof. Only we have no, no visual. No. But um, it's an interesting idea that there's still one more to be found skulking around in our own backyard. Yeah. Relatively speaking, of course. And of course, once they do discover it, once they do eventually, you know, if they do eventually image it and discover it, that'll open the floodgates of the conspiracy theorists. And undoubtedly, no, Earth is flat. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, undoubtedly, they'll probably set up a GoFundMe page so that they can do more research. Yeah. There you go. There you go. 
should probably do work for the government. That way they can just do whatever they want. Well, save taxes, wouldn't it? If the government yeah, it says to go, go fund me. Fund me. Yeah, just go fund me. Get rid of all the sales taxes, just do a GoFundMe. I like that idea, Steve. I think you're onto something. Yeah, it might work, wouldn't it? No, I think we should run together. You run it as PM in the UK, and I'll run for president here in the United States. I don't think either of us could do much worse. <laughs> or maybe I should run for PM in the UK, you run for president of the United States. I don't know. Okay, you're right. I don't think either one of us could do much. Anyways, moving right along out of politics and into the ghost world again. It's, uh, you know, the intriguing thing about science is that we always think of it as an absolute, but it's always changing as well. Like you said, you know, this this planet now is perhaps is there that uh, you know, and 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 yet, you know, it was always thought that we had nine planets before Neptune was demoted, and <laughs> but I mean, it's always changing, and and so there may be some things that we just uh, aren't aware of with our puny little brain science that we have now. I'm, that's why I find science so fascinating because it's only absolute until it's been. Wrong. <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty of science. It, people always accuse scientists of being skeptical and they accuse people, uh, you know, who, of science of being closed minded. But science continually demonstrates the opposite is, 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 in, is the fact. Um, you know, they constantly revise, they constantly re review uh, ideas and constantly testing ideas and developing ideas. And if something is wrong, then you know, they're happy to to uh, reevaluate it. Of course, I mean there are always some scientists, as in all walks of life, who are resolute in sticking to their beliefs uh, and their ideas. However, broadly speaking, science advances by disproving or re or reviewing what went before, um, right. and that's one of the exciting things about science. And that's something you don't tend to see in, in paranormal research, um, particularly as it relates to uh, amateur researchers who call themselves scientists because you know, they, they're not actually... They use pieces of equipment. Yeah, um, they refer to science in terms of if it's got batteries or you can plug it into the wall. Exactly. Or it bleeps at you. Um, you know, science is actually, and as we've said thousands of times on the show, it's a methodology. It's just right. simply a technique for doing things. And science... And indeed, investigators should always be prepared to be wrong and be prepared to accept that what they held dear, so for example, orbs, um, ah, orbs. which were, you know, many, many, many people held them dearly as proof of... They uh, still don't. Well, they're coming back. The orb is, ma is making a comeback in this, in this last two or three months. Uh, there has been a big resurgence in people who are or believers along with uh, you know, a large increase in the number of people who yeah. believe that the Earth is flat. And I think the two, you know, the two ideas go hand in hand together. But it is you know, one of the basic tenets of science that yeah. you have to constantly reevaluate and review um, your beliefs, your, your decisions, your conclusions. I know I'm going to take a uh, online course so that I can become a proper obitologist. There's, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. We've all, we've got a couple in the UK now who are, uh, there's been a couple of new Facebook pages as well devoted to 
proving that the orb is paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no issue with that. You know, they want to uh, undertake some some research and publish their findings. Then, mm-hmm. you know, along with along with everybody else, I will view them with with great interest. Yeah, I, not long ago, well, actually a few years ago, uh, I was asked by Circles of Wisdom to. Uh, moderate the film, I mean, the uh, film, uh, what was the Orb Project, I believe, or something like that. Uh-huh. And so I had this film that I, uh, you know, we played and everybody watched and everything else. Have you seen that film by any chance? No, I've read the book, though. Oh, you've read the book, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing. Uh, and, and the way they present it, of course, if you... You could be, uh, you know, come along their point of view based on what they present. Oh, but yeah. They leave a little bit of other stuff out, unfortunately. And uh, it was difficult for me to, to say, you know, sit there and say, wow, wasn't that great? Look at this. I don't know. It's like, uh, okay. So I try to get the people involved in it. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, Josh Mantello came. You remember Josh? Because he yeah. did a lot of work on, on uh, light anomalies, and he came here and he started talking about saying, and the uh, the people in the class absolutely crucified him for his beliefs, even though he was just uh, presenting what he uh, his research had, had shown. Yeah. Well, this is part of the problem. I, I you know I if somebody came along with some new <coughs> um, research that demonstrated orbs were you know uh, paranormal. Mm-hmm. Then I would view it, and I would, you know, take it on board, and I would perhaps do uh, do further experiments of my own, and I would be more than happy to say yes. Somebody has discovered an orb that is paranormal, um, because that's the way uh, science works. So that's the way I work. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet seen any research that that um, shakes me from the the cor- my current position. Uh, you know, as I said before, science is uh, decisions are absolute until you, until you, know, you change your mind or your research comes along. At the moment, um, I'm still in the they're not camp, mm-hmm. um, but I would never dismiss new research as it comes along, and even stuff that initially looks a bit suspect and a little bit crazy could you you know I always read it because I don't want. The writing style, you know, the fact that the person may not write in a classical science journal style to uh, decrease or diminish the quality of the, the experiment that they've undertaken. So, um, you know, you have to remain completely open minded to all of the possibilities and not just go, nah, that's not right. Because when you when you fall into that trap, then you become as bad as the cynics. Um, and the and the you know the the believers because you have to set aside any of your personal prejudice any of your own personal beliefs and view something fairly and openly you know and honestly even yeah. if it does you know on the surface look to be the work of a madman and we talked about this many times even in ghost hunting is, is that when you go into a location or or you do conduct excuse me when you conduct an investigation is that. You really do have to leave your bias in the job by the door. You, you're supposed to go in there with a blank slip. Your job is to collect whatever evidence there is, or lack thereof. But uh, 
do you agree? And, and it's really, if, if you go in there and, and collect uh, evidence and interpret that evidence at the same time, then you're not really, uh, uh, it's not really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, objective. It's really not objective. Do you agree with that or, or not? Absolutely, totally. Um, you you have to accept what you're being told at face value, and then once you've you know once you've taken the testimony, you have to you have to try and pull it apart. But that you can pull it apart in a non-dismissive manner. Um, you know, you ask where there are gaps in the information that you're provided with. You ask pertinent questions. Do you pull it apart or do you analyze it? There's a big difference to what you just said. Well, what, 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 what you're trying to do is to try to understand. You see, you weren't there um, when right. something took place. So, so it's more of an analytical thing rather than a pull yeah. apart. Pull apart yeah. denotes that you're, you're doubting it and you're, you're about to destroy it. Well, uh, pull it well, apart to lay it bare because what, what I'm trying to do is... So you're um, analyzing it. I am I am analyzing it, yeah. yeah. Pull apart is... is um, it's a, perhaps the wrong phrase there. It's but, a derogatory word. Well, it could be seen as derogatory. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But if somebody gives me, I know what you're saying, though. I, if I, somebody I gives me their account mm -hmm. and their testimony, then there are inevitably gaps. Gaps because either they don't know, or gaps because they can't, um, they can't recall, or simply gaps because they they didn't experience something. So you're you're asking them to perhaps go over something several times and you're saying, well, did you do this? Did you check that? Was that done? Was this measured? Did you look at that? Now, that can be interpreted as um, you um, being critical. But what you're actually doing is seeking additional information. You're asking them to you know, provide you with more information so that you can make a better uh, judgment call on it. And it will always be a judgment call. Uh, based on balance of probabilities, because you weren't there, um, so you know you didn't have the experience. You weren't there when it took place. Although that's sometimes used to browbeat the investigator. Well, you don't know because you weren't there, and I know what I saw. Uh... You can, and as the police demonstrate many, many times when they investigate a crime, you can by a process of careful questioning and obtaining information that sometimes the witness doesn't even know that they have. Exactly. Um, you can gain enough information to make a reasonable uh, stab at it. Yeah. The only problem is in an in a, in a interview type thing is you have to be careful that you don't lead the witness down the uh -huh. wrong path. You know, you uh -huh. have to take it strictly as uh, analytical from them. You want to hear their... You, you don't want to say, well, could it be this? And then they start thinking, well, oh, maybe it could have been that. And then they, they're actually changing that initial mm -hmm. witness testimony. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, I mean, sure that, I'm sure that's in ghostology, too. It is. Um, but it's critical. You know, what you say to a witness is absolutely crucial. Um, you know, the way that you phrase a question, the way that even you respond to a question, one one example, I mean, you, you may have seen it on Most Haunted. Uh, you, you, you may have seen a witness uh, describing a, an experience on a television show and the, the uh, parapsychologist or the interviewer nodding uh, because they're nodding because they understand what's being said. But the witness, the person giving the account, can take that uh, nodding of the head and the 
re- uh, repetition of uh-huh, yes, yes, uh-huh, um, as an affirmation that they are indeed correct. So it's not just what you say, it's how you respond to the question that no, can, also, can also be highly critical. You know, there are ways of phrasing a question when you want to tease something out of a witness. You, you don't say, well, where did you see the ghost? Um, because you, you're sort of front-loading them with... It was a ghost. It was a ghost. Um, what did you see and where did you see it are two are, are better ways of, of exactly of extracting the same information in, you know, in a simplistic way. Um, I know you, would that, never, you would never yeah. ask a question with two, two, uh, two parts to it like that. Anyways, I know that we're running out of time, and I, I do want to make sure that we announce today that, of course, uh, Steve, besides his good judgment, has decided to come back next year. And uh, he is, uh, he and I will be hosting uh, Spirit Quest again. And this year's will be uh, the 28th, the 29th, and the 30th of September. And the uh, the uh, title of this uh, Spirit Quest this year, next year? The Search for. Oh, I thought it was Search for Truth. We changed that? Sorry, The Search for Truth. <laughs> Just let me know if we're changing it. Let me know. Uh, no, it is. It is a search for truth. I just, I just because I was thinking of the title of one of my talks. So, um, yeah, but oh. you're right. Yeah, the search for the the search for truth. Okay. Um, so we're gonna. It broadens our, our horizons and gives us an opportunity to explore a broader range of paranormal topics. Topics yeah. and and we're going to explore the truth or otherwise we're going to search for the truth uh, on a range of things from um, well, we, 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 we haven't quite decided yet right but, exactly we're, going to leave we're, it we're kicking just... ideas around at this stage but that's our theme the search for the truth or in search of the truth and as soon as i get a uh, a, a title page made up i'll post it on uh, facebook and i will set an event page and then we'll start posting different uh aspects of the event so it should and, be i think an early heads up uh, you'll miss out on a great weekend if you're not there um they're getting exactly. they're getting better and better and better if that could be possible is that because i was ill last year uh, possibly oh, okay. i don't want to say that though <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh we are coming down to the end of the, the show coming coming down so, to the wire What's coming up for you? Anything yeah. special? Um, me, I'm back back writing. I've got the uh, the commissioned book to finish uh, before uh-huh. Christmas. And I've got some media work early in the new year, which I'm not going to talk about on air. Um, I know. I'm excited about this. There's uh, quite an exciting media project that uh, should take place early in 2018. Uh, the, ball awesome. has, uh, the ball has rolled uh, far enough down the hill now where I think it's going to happen. So well, that's, uh, that's good news, Steve. Uh, yeah. And so I ought to say, well, I knew him way back when. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that's that's on the horizon. But first of all, to get this damn book out of the way and survive the winter. <laughs> At least I got mine done before you got here. So I was good with that. Yeah, you're on three and I'll be on three by uh, by this time next year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get a, be on four by the time you get done. Three. Mm. Yeah. Not one upmanship, you know. It's quality, yes, it not quantity. It's quality. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. How many copies is you? So I'm sorry. Did I mention um, that? Three, I think. Three, yeah. Well, I've got four, so there you go. 
anyways, it's all exciting stuff. So we look forward to that. Busy, uh, busy, busy. Year. Next year, my new book will be out. Well, you've, you've got the most exciting thing in the spring, haven't you? Because we went to look at a rather cool location. Oh, that's not nailed down yet, so we don't talk about that. No, but um, you know, an early heads up that there's a rather cool idea in the pipeline for the spring of 2018. It's going to materialize for us. That's why I don't tilt my hand before I, I've got all my ducks in a row. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like Fair that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. That's, yeah. a, that's a good English. I, 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 like I, I miss steak tips. I really do. What? Steak tips and Chinese food. Two of my abiding memories in New England. Uh, you ate all my Chinese food. Didn't eat all, them, all of it. All of it. Yeah. Damn. It's like a human eating uh, machine. Uh, you had an extra, all down the had an extra meal the next the day. The next day, he came out, scoffed it all up again. Not only mine, but St. Jan's, too. He was an eating machine. And there was so much left over that you still had another meal. I know, I had, I had lunch for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get rid of that Chinese food. Uh, are you kidding me? I don't think it'd get rid of it. Couldn't enjoy enough of it. <laughs> I like Chinese food. It's, so it's do I. Good. And I still think it should be on the menu for Spirit Quest 28. Uh, you never know. You never know. We've done pizza to death. Well, instead of pizza, we can I do... I nearly did me to death this year. We can do Klingon meals or something. <laughs> Yeah, the food nearly did me to death this year. Oh, there we go. It's all over. Good. So, until next time, good night, God bless, and all that. Yaddy, yaddy. Yeah, good night, God bless, yaddy, yaddy. Thanks, Karina. Thanks. No, I can't, so I'm with you on the... I'll stick with the uh, Tex-Mex. Uh, are you a rabbit? There's only rabbits take carrots and celery. Well, our rabbits do. Why? Well, the other best. <laughs> <laughs>